Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my friends. How are we all doing? I hope really amazing, really great. I hope you all had a fabulous week and a fabulous day. And I should have actually started this episode with bonjour. And that's that's pretty much as far as it gets when it comes to my French. It's um, downright cry-worthy that I don't speak French. I've had it in school for about six years. Yeah. And this is the thing. If you, you don't use it, you lose it. And this is why I think people in especially, I mean, Holland is number one of the best English speaking countries in the world. I think followed by Scandinavia, I'm pretty sure. And you know why? Because our series, our Netflix shows are basically everything that I grew up with. For instance, I grew up with watching The Bold and the Beautiful. I've mentioned this before. This is how I learned my English. I'm not joking. Of course, I had it in school. But again, if you don't use it, you lose it. Same with German. I know a few words. I can understand a bit because, you know, I've, I've, I have, we have a lot of Germans in our country as well as tourists. However, I haven't used it so I lost it but when it comes to English I was watching English TV shows all the freaking time and I think especially Gen Z will speak English I mean from age two well that's maybe an over exaggeration because of all the TikToks and all the I'm pretty sure all the all the TV shows um, I don't even know if the I, I seriously don't know because I, I'm not surrounded by small kids but I'm pretty sure that all the TV shows are in English. And well, I know this because I was re- recently watching a vlog of a girl who's Dutch and her daughter was watching something that was in English. And her daughter was saying things like, hello, mommy. And just all these things in English. And her daughter is literally two. So it's super funny. But anyway, going back to France, the French people, um, I remember when I came here as a, as a kid, because I used to come here in Antibes, where I now currently live. I have been coming here since I was literally born. So I've been coming here my entire life. And I remember that even the TV shows were, you know, dubbed by a French speaking person. So I'm sure that the small children, um, you know, they've never been able to learn English and yesterday I, I had a hairdresser hairdresser's appointment and there was this girl, I think she was, what was, I mean, I think 21 years old, didn't speak a word of English. Now, this is something that just doesn't happen in Holland at all. I mean, of course, there's a few people here and there. I have some clients as well. It's rare, you know, um, who like, let's say everyone understands English. Some people are not well-versed in speaking, but especially in Amsterdam, because it's such a transient city, I have never encountered anyone who doesn't speak English. Even It's so funny because even nowadays, if you go to a restaurant or bar, 
and order, I don't know, a latte or anything for that matter, people will say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't speak Dutch. Uh, what do you, what would you like to drink? And I'm like, oh, oh, no, no worries. I want uh, this or that. It's so funny how it's honestly, there's barely any Dutch people at some point, I think, in Holland. Anyway, this is a little bit of a ramble, but I'm currently recording this episode on my couch in the south of France. I literally did just record the Dutch podcast episode as well because I feel like I've got a finally I've got this really great schedule down for myself right now. Um, it's not perfect whatsoever. It will never be perfect. It's always by trial and error. But I'm now working uh, with uh, between 20 to 25 clients a week. But only from Monday to Thursday, still doing the WhatsApp support in between as well. Um, still use the what, Friday for WhatsApp support as well for so, certain clients. But I use Friday to recharge, but also to record the two podcasts. So for the for the English one and for the Dutch one. So that's just really great because I noticed that if I do it in between sessions, the quality of the podcast was kind of like dwindling a bit. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I felt like when I started it, it was way better. And I really want to dive deep into actually great topics with all the science backed up and all the, th all the things. And um, I feel like I can only do that on a day where I have no calls because you have to imagine that talking for a living, it's really you know, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of brain frying, if that's a word, if not, it's not really, but it, uh, it is. So anyway, I am, um, I'm loving my life. I just had a croissant this morning and I'm so happy that I relocated to the South of France. I actually recently, um, asked on my Dutch podcast, if anyone considering you now, nowadays, you can reply underneath the podcast on Spotify. So there's a little poll always there and you there's like a question and answer sticker thingy, uh, which is all new. I know Spotify, you're killing it. But if you guys are interested in me recording a podcast about me relocating to the south of France and what the cultural differences are, why I'm here, what I'm doing here, because I have so much to tell you. I feel like I need a separate podcast for just all the updates that I have because... Um, for instance, dating here is so different. The people that I met here are so different. I have an insane amount of friends here, which I am so blessed with. For instance, I have something tonight, which I'm actually not going to, which is heartbreaking because those are my OG friends. But it's in Nice and I'm in Antibes and I'm in pain and, you know, all the things. I have something tomorrow and then on Sunday. And, you know, I my social battery is empty at some point. So... That's a luxury issue. However, in Amsterdam, I really honestly, I felt extremely lonely. For some reason, all the friends that I made in the past five, six, seven years, sometimes even 10 years, were moving away to the, to the suburbs, had kids, um, didn't really see them anymore. And when, it, when it's cold in Amsterdam, people have the tendency to just stay home, which I completely understand because I do the same. So yeah, it was, it was literally not the same anymore plus dating in, in Amsterdam is literally a nightmare so yeah uh anyway just literally let me know um keep me keep me posted if you guys ever want a separate episode about 
um you know living in the south of france how that is how i spend my days i would love to do that like a series kind of like an e pray love series or something we can think about all these things but yeah let me know all right so we're gonna just start off with the topic of today um you can already see it from the title and it says how or when should i eat a balanced diet okay so this is kind of a controversial and um I would even say contradictory, contradictive, contradictory, contradictive, uh, whatever it is, uh, topic. And the reason is I, I've actually dedicated a post about this. Um, once this podcast goes live or this episode goes live, I will on Monday. I just need to make a mental note that I am going to um, repost that post. So you guys can also read that post as well, because it's literally kind of like a not a copy of it at all, but. It's, it, it kind of ties into that post. And the thing is with post, once you've read them um, and a lot of people will forget it. And with up, so certain episodes, it's easy to just, some people will say, I have listened to your podcast episodes a couple of times because I really needed to hear it a couple of times. So, okay, well, here we go. So I made one of the biggest mistakes in my recovery not of my life necessarily, but I made a couple of mistakes. And I think everyone does that. Everyone makes mistakes. We're all human beings. And I I told so many of you, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was literally flying by the seat of my pants. So when it came to recovery, I just did whatever I deemed as good, as this is how it should be, or this feels great, or whatever it is. So I had no information. I had no guidance. I did it all by myself. So I give myself a lot of slack, but this is the mistake I made. So I went all in, as all of you know, um, and all in, basically, I am still going to do a couple of episodes about the actual what all in is and I, I think I'm also going to do a separate podcast episode about this on my Dutch podcast episode uh, podcast but I started to eat unrestricted so to kind of like um, do a little recap a little debrief because I always get this question still to this day how did you do it da, da, da. guys I've made literally a a podcast episode about this of why I went all in how I did it so just scroll back I, I can't re- really remember which episode it is but I described everything I did basically. So, um, yes, so I had a kickstart of, let's say, um, about three months of increasing um, my intake. I won't say meal plan because I didn't really have a meal plan, but I was increasing my intake uh, every single day. And the more I ate, the more uh, hungry I was. So I've I've really experienced that eating induced hunger, which is normal. Talked about this plenty of times, right? So I started to eat more and more and more. And before I knew it, like at month, I would say month two or three, it's hard to... It's hard to um, think back because it's been such a long time ago. But I would say, let's say at least at month three, I was eating unrestricted going aka all in so i was extremely hungry mentally physically but more so mentally and i just had this primal urge to eat everything inside now when i say eating everything inside i don't mean um grain bowls uh broccoli salmon eggs fish um 
whatever is deemed as quote unquote healthy. You know, everyone knows I don't like moralizing food. I've also done um, my one of my most recent podcast episodes about this. I hate when people moralize foods, although this is just what our culture does and our society does. So I never crave those things because I grew up on those things. I grew, grew up in on a very microbiotic diet. So no, I craved a lot and lots and lots of nut butter, specifically uh, peanut butter, because there was a phase in my recovery way back when. This was before I had my successful recovery attempt where I allowed myself, this is again so retarded, I allowed myself to have almond butter, but not peanut butter because peanut butter was supposedly inflammatory, blah, 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 blah. This was all due to me having Lyme and needing to be on all these uh, annoying protocols. But um, so I craved peanut butter like no one else and the dutchies know coffee so that's like a typical i i would say it's um similar to what's the name jiff jiffy jiff jiff i guess it's like the more processed peanut butter instead of the like the natural all natural peanut butter now i'm not disc- discriminating the all natural nut butters at all um but i knew that i found the coffee peanut butter which is the more processed one um more anxiety provoking considering it had i think a bit of sugar in it a some palm oil whatever and the other one was just again deemed by society as quote-unquote extremely healthy so i started to eat at least a jar a day and then it went up to i think two jars a day and i'm not making this up i know that some people might think oh she's just saying this for shits and giggles i promise you hand on my heart i ate so much nut butter um i do have to say i alternated between tahin tahini uh, the brown one not the white one i love the taste the savory taste of uh, sesame seeds now, fun thing, I, I recently, so I had a session yesterday with a, a client who kind of, this is, she kind of inspired me to make this episode. Um, and she has this same thing with nut butters and uh, which by the way is very common just overall in eating disorders because a lot of people deprive themselves from nut butters plus they are just deprived from fats and their body just needs fats desperately because that's usually sugar and fats are the first things that go out of the window. So I told her that I seriously drizzled tahini or peanut butter or almond butter or any nut butter for that matter on all my dishes. At some point, I I remember that I was making, uh, well, my mom actually one time because I was so sick with Lyme disease, I couldn't be bothered. I, to be quite honest, I'd rather have a uh, chocolate cake for dinner, let's say, then, um, I don't know, a pasta dish or, um, there were, there were certain food phases that I had. So I remember my mom one time made herself some salmon and some, I think some noodles or some rice with some vegetables. And I, she was like, Danny, do you want some as well? And I was like, you know what? I, I think I had my snack 15 minutes prior, but I was still, you know, hungry because I was literally hungry freaking all the time. And so I said, yeah, sure. Why, why, why do you know, just make that. Okay, fine. And I honestly, because I had salmon, my, I literally grew up on salmon. I think my blood was made of salmon at some point. It was, it was insane. So 
I was not necessarily craving the salmon. So she gave me that bowl of, I can't really remember if it was rice or noodles or whatever with the vegetables and then with the salmon. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, I, uh, I don't know if I want this. And then I had this miraculous, smart idea. And I was like, you know what? The, these Asian dishes, they always put like peanuts on there or peanut sauce. So I was like, hold up. I'm going to put a shit ton of peanut butter on here and let's see how that tastes. And it was amazing. I seriously think still to this day, this needs to be an actual recipe. So I had my noodles mixed with peanut butter. I put it on my salmon and all my veggies. And my mom just cried like laughing because she was like, okay, you're seriously going through a peanut butter phase, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I am. So anyway, would, would that be considered balanced? whatever for for me that at that moment in my life that was balanced so I had certain food phases so I usually say that well I see this often let's say so I had a nut butter phase I had a chocolate phase I had a oh my god I can't can't forget this one a whipped cream pie phase so in Holland we have this I think it's a Dutch thing. Uh, the Dutchies will know. Slagroomtaart. So it's literally a whipped cream pie. To be, It's quite honestly one of the most cheapest cakes there is. Um, you can buy it at this store called Hema. And it's honestly, you can even buy it frozen. It's really cheap. It's really, I think if people celebrate their birthday, you will serve this, this uh, cake. A lot of people might think, oh, they're on a budget. I don't know, but I love it. I still to this to this day, I'm obsessed with anything that is custard. Well, not obsessed, but I love it. And whipped cream. Now, if you don't like this, that's fine. But I was obsessed. And I remember having this big ass pie sitting in my fridge. And I just started eating it. And I just didn't stop. And was that a feast? You can consider that this is the whole thing, you know. This is feasts are very objective. And when I say feast, that's just a nicer word for a binge. Um, but I ate that pie in one sitting. Um, not necessarily in one sitting because it's at some point I got nauseous, I think halfway, but I ate the rest of the cake, I think, later in the day. And I allowed myself to let the pendulum swing the other direction. Now, was I scared? Yes. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that, but I still allow myself. And a lot of people will ask me, when can you start eating more in a balanced way and let basically stop doing that whole thing of eating this and that to the extreme? And obviously the answer will be, there's not a point in your life where you can say, I'm now going to eat balanced. That's just a thing your body will decide. So that's why I always say, and this is like literally written in all the recovery books you can imagine, in Caroline Duner's book, in Tabitha's book, you have to allow the pendulum to swing the other direction for at least, well, at, at lo as long as it takes, up, up until your body says, you know what? I now crave nutrient-dense foods, aka, you know, things with different 
different labels, different nutritional profiles, like I've said before, you know, and that that's just literally what it is. So there is not, and this is why, and I also recorded a, um, a podcast, a Dutch podcast about how to support a loved one with an eating disorder. And I feel like I, there's not really a point for me to record one on here because, uh, Amalia, my colleague and friend, she recorded a really good one. So just scroll back to one of her episodes, but she has recorded a really good one. So just listen to that one. But um, if let's say your mom, your dad, your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it is, your husband, your wife uh, says, hey, don't you feel like you're eating a little much of this or that? Or shouldn't you eat more vegetables? Or shouldn't you eat more of a balanced diet? You literally have to nip that in the butt. You have to tell them, I really would appreciate it if you're not going to judge or say anything about the way I eat because I need this currently in my life. I am deprived of anything that is delicious and anything that is basically a, well, something with fat or sugar. And I call this the the delicious deficit. It's not only an energy deficit, it's a delicious deficit. It's a cake deficit. It's a chocolate deficit. It's a whipped cream deficit. So that person, you know, who is supporting you means well, of course, because they're maybe worried or they're, this is, you know, they're, they might be afraid of you getting binge eating disorder, which is not a thing. You know, feasts, aka binges are extremely normal in recovery. I, I've always said this, let the pendulum swing the other direction for as long as it needs. But I really want everyone to know that you need to allow yourself to eat as much of the things that you crave. And I know I know it's easier said than done to some certain extent because I know how terrifying it, it can feel. But what is the alternative here, guys? What is the alternative? Like still trying to make sure that you eat like very little of everything. Guess what? That is restriction. That is still a form of restriction because I know that so many of you crave like let's say half a chocolate bar, even one chocolate bar or a bag of crisps. I always keep referring to the fact that I eat bags of crisps like a boss and I did that the other day again and I do that often and that's just how I live my life. I love it. I love crisps. I love eating a bag. I just literally my perfect night in is I'm currently watching Indian matchmaking obsessed with those kinds of shows on Netflix and I'm just opening a bag of crisps I don't even take the time to put it in a bowl sir I seriously I just you know what what I I recently thought about the fact that why I do that is because I feel like I'm already cutting myself off to a certain I don't know maximum And I know that I hate that. I hate when someone says, you can't eat more than this. And I feel like I'm almost doing that to myself if I put it in a bowl. So I just prefer to open up the bag and just put my hands hands in there and just eat. So, you know, that's just how I prefer to eat it. Of course, I won't do that if there are friends around or, you know, friends come over, put it in a nice bowl. Um, But yeah, that's just how I do it. It's extremely normal. So I want you to know that If you feel like, yeah, but I have to start eating intuitively at this point in my life. Who says? Who says? Like, seriously, is that some something someone says? Well, first of all, that someone isn't you. And if your body is still, regardless of whatever weight you are, you're on or at, 
if your body is still craving for uh, quote unquote extreme amounts of whipped cream, ice cream, whatever it is, allow your body to get as much of it as possible. And I promise you that, you know, that pendulum will stop swinging the other direction at, at some point. Now, not that, having said that, that doesn't mean you have to control yourself. I'm putting air quotes here because controlling yourself is still a form of restriction. So unrestricted eating is literally for the rest of your life. So what I just said, I still eat bags of crisps all the time. I still eat a tub of ice cream all the time. So that doesn't mean that I now never do that. I still do that, but not seriously every single day. And I don't have this insane obsession about certain things because I'm not in that delicious deficit anymore or in an energy deficit. So basically the the answer to this question is when should I start eating more balanced? Well, you know what? That's not up to you. And first of all, I kind of hate the word balance because life is very messy and eating can be very messy and that's kind of like how it should be and I think a lot of people have a misconception of what being recovered looks like that oh I'm having these perfect six meals a day with these perfect snacks and there's exactly two to three hours in between guys it doesn't work like that sometimes you just eat every half an hour because you're very hungry or you're emotional and you're eating a bag of crisps or tub of ice cream or having a glass of rosé or whatever it is like life is messy life is not perfect so get that out of your head let the allow this pendulum to swing the other direction for as long as it needs don't judge yourself for eating the things to a i don't know certain extent and in a certain amount because no one knows what you should do except for you right so try to trust the process as scary as it might seem it's it, you know i promise you that eventually everything will balance out and that balance will look different for everyone. So within that balance, you will crave nutrient-dense foods such as fruits, veggies, but there will be plenty of processed foods in there as well. Plus, you will have to eat them for the rest of your life anyway, because if you don't eat them, if you cut them out for the rest of your life, let's let's face it, you're going to get scared of them again, right? Because that's kind of like what an eating disorder brain does. If you don't eat it for a long time, your brain perceives it as a threat. So I feel like I can keep going on and on and on, but... Um, yeah, I think uh, we're going to wrap up the, the the podcast here because I feel like I've pretty much said it all. And let me know if this is helping in any shape or form. And definitely also let me know in the comments down below if you do want a, a podcast episode about whatever friends related maybe the culture um how people live eat uh how my life is how life is here how why i relocated all the things and um yeah i'm going to be here next week again and i hope you're having a lovely rest of your day bye hey friend thank you so much for listening my goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Fenke. 
see you here next week. Thank you.